Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We want to welcome you to our new series called Surrender, Taking Off the Old and Putting on the New, where Pastor Nick talks about the process of surrendering our lives to Jesus and living a life pleasing to God. We hope you enjoy the series, and don't forget to join us in service every Sunday at 11 a.m. So a couple of weeks ago, we started a series called Surrender. Say Surrender. And um, I was listening to some of my teachings online this morning, and I was like, oh my goodness. That week where I was like so inebriated here up front, talking about being drunk, that message was all over the place. I want to apologize to those of you who listened to week like number three or something like that. It was just horrible. I'm so sorry. Um, but last week's message was epic. I got so much out of last week's message. I listened to that message like at 4 o'clock this morning. I was like, yes, this guy's good. I need to listen to more of his stuff. So I'm going to try and keep things on track today so that, you know, what I'm talking about actually makes sense. I mean, it's horrible when you listen to somebody and they make no sense. And I wasn't making sense. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm going to delete that. Weak missing audio destroyed. So we started, we started a surrender series. And we've been talking about a lot of stuff. But today I want to get into some practical things that we can do on how to surrender our lives. As a follower of Jesus, we need to discipline ourselves to obey His teaching. That's what being a Christian is all about. Um, We've spoken about surrendering our lives to Him, guarding our eyes, guarding our ears, guarding our mouth, and guarding our hearts. We need to confess our sins. We need to forgive others for their sins. And we need to keep our hearts pure so that nothing divides us in our relationship with God. This is all stuff that we've covered. And you can actually watch um, all these um, teachings on Facebook. Or we've got, we've got it on um, Spotify. So if you have any podcasts, there's a Pure Church um, group, and you can download all the teachings from when Misty and I were doing the marriage series all the way through. We've got everything online. So you can go back and listen to it, right? So I want you to go and listen to those because I don't have time today to recap everything, right? But we have spoken about coming out of the world, coming out of the flesh, and coming out of religion because you cannot be living in two places at one time. Right? You can only be in one place at a time. If you're in fear, you're not in faith. If you're in judgment, you're not in forgiveness. If you're in hatred, you're not walking in love. If, if you're in turmoil, you're not in peace. You can only be in one state of mind at a time. Unless you're inebriated in the spirit. Then you can laugh, cry, and roll around at, all at the same time. And so it is a miracle. So you have to come out of living in the flesh. We've spoken about Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. All of these things are sins of the flesh. You've got to make a decision that I am leaving being bound to sin, and I'm going to start walking in the Spirit. I'm going to stop doing the things that please the selfish, sinful nature, and I'm going to start doing things that please the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to start living according to the Word of God because that's pleasing to God, right? 
That's a decision you have to make, and it's a journey. Look at somebody and say, it's a journey. Listen, if you've been bound by addiction for 20 years of your life, you don't snap your fingers and then suddenly, you know, Harry Potter wand over your head, and then suddenly everything's fine. It's a process of renewing your mind. And you've got you to separate your life from the people and the places that you used to visit. And you need to now discipline yourself. You need to renew your mind and you have to change your lifestyle. And that's a process. But if you will say, I'm taking this addiction down and you'll start moving forward, one day at a time, you get stronger. The further you walk away from that thing. Can you say amen? You've been through a failed marriage or a failed business. You've, you've come, you've been hit by sickness in your physical body. God can restore you and bring you out of that, right? The power of God is able to restore you from anything that the enemy has thrown against you, right? But you don't give up, you don't quit. You take the word of God and you can stand on it. Listen, the word of God is solid. If you will get it in your heart and you will stand on what God said, it'll bring you through. The Bible says that if you build your life on the Word of God, when the storms of life come, the winds may blow. He may huff, he may puff, but he will not blow your house down. You will be solid. Why? Because your house isn't built out of straw and wood. It's built on the rock. Three Little Pigs is really a Bible story. And the big bad wolf, we know who he is. And so we want to come out of religion. You know, religion is you doing a lot, of, a lot of ritual that has no presence of God in it. So, you know, I used to go to the Catholic church. I would walk in. I would dip my fingers in what they call holy water. I don't know where the other people's fingers were or where my fingers were. But once fingers go in there, it's not holy no more. And then you put it on your face. Now... It's, 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 a, it's a great thing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. But if there's no presence of God in it, then it's a form of godliness, and there's no power. It doesn't change you. It doesn't transform you. It's just something that you do as a religious act. And so there's things that you can go to church and do. Traditions are fine as long as they produce life. But if there's no life in it, it's just something you do because everybody else does it and you don't know why you do it, then what is the point of it? And religion teaches man-made ideas as commands from God and it doesn't do anything for you. Are you with me? And so we have to come out of religion. We have to come out of doing these prayers and doing all these things that we think we need to do that's going to be pleasing in God's sight. God is looking for your heart to be open and pure and focused towards Him, loving Him and loving your neighbor as you do yourself. So you can do the sign of the cross, but then you're staring down the lady next to you because she sneezed in church. So does the sign of the cross fix your attitude? Because you can do all of the holy stuff walking in the building, but then your heart is all jacked up. And God's not looking at the outward signs. He's looking at the condition of your heart. Is your heart full of love and forgiveness and compassion? Iniquity, the sins of the heart. Think about this. Jesus, he, he went further than just the physical act. Jesus, Jesus said, it's not about the outside, it's about the inside. 
So he says, if man, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed the act in the heart. He said, if you're angry with somebody on the inside, you've committed murder. So what God wants to do is he wants to get the heart clean. Because if your heart is filled with anger and lust and murder and all these other things, you and God are disconnected because you are focused on that thing instead of having relationship with him. And it's about getting the inside clean so that there's nothing in the way. So Monday through Saturday, whether I'm driving in my car, eating a sandwich, talking to my wife on the phone, I'm not disconnected from heaven. Wi-Fi is working. It's not like Comcast. Xfinity Wi-Fi. If you're watching, it sucks. You guys have got to fix it. There is no disconnect. You constantly have God, you're there. You are in Him and He is in you. And prayer isn't something I do for five minutes in the morning and then five minutes before I go to bed. Prayer is continual dialogue with God all day. As I'm moving, as I'm walking, as I'm going through my day and I come to a thing, God, what should I do in this situation? I don't know what to do, God. Give me wisdom. Give me strength. Give me direction. Lord, I'm about to lose it and punch this guy in the face. Give me self-control, Jesus. Right, Sam? The way people drive in this place and, you know, you're in an 18-wheeler or whatever, you know, you're in and then some snowbird The light is red. There's about 50 feet between them and the light, you and the light, and they cut in front of you and expect you to stop an 18-wheeler. The pain. You want to jump out of the vehicle, grab the snowbird, and have them fly home. Fly home, sonny. And so, you see, it's in those moments you need Jesus. Can you say amen? Those are the moments you need Jesus. When your children, they take you to the edge of the cliff, and and then you want to throttle them. My kids are perfect, by the way. I don't have any of these these issues. But I know other people's kids. And so we want to come out of the world. We want to, the spirit of the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Right? We don't want to be children of disobedience. We want to be children that obey God. And the, you've got to get the spirit of the world out of you, and you get, get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Because when the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of you, God, he, chain, he takes out the stony, stubborn heart. He puts a new spirit in you. Then He puts His spirit in you. And, and the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to follow His leading and His guiding. You can't follow God in your own strength. You need God's help. God gives you the power to obey Him. Amen? So when you're struggling, we're talking about surrendering and coming to God and being honest about where you are. Stop being fake. I can't handle fake pastors. I can't handle them. And I don't know how people flock to fake people. But I guess fake people follow fake people. I can't take it. You've got this pretense on, and you, you, but on the inside, your life is a mess. And then you pretend like you've got it all together. We've never pretended. If we're going through it, we let you know we're going through it. Can you say amen? 
when we've got lawsuits and stuff coming against us, we're letting you know, hey, this is what we're facing. But let me tell you how we're overcoming. Why? So that when you face a lawsuit, you know exactly what to do in the situation, how to handle it, how to deal with it. People get up here and share their testimonies of the struggles that they've been through and how hard it is as a single mother, as a single father. They're going through all their different things and they share the testimonies of the struggle, but how God is helping them come through it. And that's real. And people need to know that other people are struggling too sometimes. Not like everything's peachy and fine. So anyway, it's just a personal opinion of mine. So I'm going to get out of the flesh. I'm going to get back in the spirit. But you can see right through it. You can tell they're liars. Pretenders. Like, get it together, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm totally in the spirit right now because you know it's true. (laughs) Yep. I know you all agree with me. You're just glad I said it. (laughs) So you are the body of Christ in the earth. You're his hands, you're his feet, you're his mouth. And God gives you resources to manage. Say, I hold God's resources. You see, if you have the resources in your hand, you're holding that for God because you're a steward. Everything in the earth belongs to him. And if you're faithful in the little, God can increase you. But if you can't be faithful with the resources that he gives you, he can't trust you with more. Why? Because if he gives you something and then he tells you to give it away and then you spend it on yourself, he can't trust you. Can't trust you with more. You know, we've given, we've given, I'll just be real with you guys. We've got another 15,000 that we're going to give this year. We're going to give 5,000 this month, 5,000 next month, and then 5,000 in December. The last 15,000 that we committed to give this year, which is going to Overland Missions, Those guys go to the far-flung corners of the world. They use Google Earth to find people, little little places, and then they send a truck or they send a boat or they send a plane or they go by horseback to go find those people and tell them about Jesus. And so we made a commitment to give $25,000 to those guys at the beginning of the year. And so we're going to finish that up over the next three months. And December's coming. We're going to celebrate what we have given this year. And I'm just here to tell you that it's way more than you think. Amen? And the thing is, we're blessed to be a blessing. And God wants to increase you for what's coming next year. And as you manage God's resources and you'll allow it to flow through you, you get to enjoy some of it while it goes through. But if you'll choose to be a sower, God will make you a channel of blessing. Who wants to be a channel of blessing? So you've got to start where you are and believe God. And it's for what? It's for the kingdom. It's for the work of the kingdom. Amen? You are God's partner in the earth to see His will accomplished. We're partners with God in doing His work in the earth. And God puts resources in your hands so that we can be a blessing and that we can accomplish the work that God has for us. But if we're just focused on ourselves, we're never in a position to have something flow through us. I've shared this before. You're either a river Christian or you're a dam Christian. A river Christian lets things flow through them. A dam Christian holds everything for themselves. And it's the dam that gets the gator. 
and the snake. Say, look, look at the person next to you. Tell them, you need to be a river Christian. You need to let things flow through you so that mosquitoes don't breed in your pond. So we have to prioritize our lives around the presence of God, the will of God, the laws of God, the ways of God. Living to please God should be our top priority. That's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. Matthew, this is Havana's favorite scripture. So let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 19 to 32. It says, don't store up treasure here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroy them, where thieves break in and steal. But store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. This is scary. If the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or drink, or enough clothing to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Look at the person next to you and say, God already knows every one of your needs. And he says here, seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So the key is seeking first the kingdom of God. That's the key to you living in full supply. Say, seek first the kingdom. Live righteously. You've got to live right before God, and God will provide everything that you need. Haggai chapter 1, verse 2 through 7. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses or luxurious houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. Put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. 
Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I can take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expect much, but see, it turned out to be little. What, what you brought home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty. Because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people, livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. What does that mean? That means when you're seeking your own will for your life, you're not going to see the blessing of God in your life. And as a family, we're called as a church to work together to reach our community and communities in the world for the kingdom. We're to love people and we're to share the good news of the gospel of the kingdom with other people. And family, we are making that our top priority in this season. We are establishing evangelism as a pillar in this house. And we are going to start reaching the lost. That will become our main focus. That will become our top priority. Whether it be in Kenya through what Pastor Gideon is doing over there, whether it be through Overland Missions with the projects that they're doing over there, whether it be with the outreaches that we're preparing for here on our property to reach the next generation, right? And the other things that I'll share Wednesday night that we have prepared for next year. We are making reaching the lost our top priority before anything else so that Jesus can be honored and glorified. That every single person that he died for will have the opportunity to hear the message of the good news that he paid for. And if we'll make that our top priority, which we have started already, that's what this whole year has been about in preparation for. And we're taking it to the next level next year. And we're going to go hard after winning the lost. Can you say amen? And you're going to see God break through in your house. What we do for God's house, God is going to do for our house. We're going to put His house first. And, and you know, the house is you. You are the temple of God. Your relationship with God should be top priority. You're a temple. You are a house. If that's the last thing on your mind is building yourself up spiritually and in faith and working on the things that you need to work on, you're not going to have the anointing on your life. You're not going to have the presence of God on your life. Why? Because you're living your own way. This is not a house of honoring God first. And you need to make it a top priority. And you will see the blessing of God hit you like you've never experienced. But you have to surrender. Say, I've got to surrender. You see, it's in the measure that you surrender that God can use you. He can work through you. If you surrender little, He can only use the little you give Him. We're going to talk about five things right now. Look at the person next to you and say five things that you can do practically to surrender to God. Number one, John chapter 9 verse 4 says, As long as it is day, we must do the works of Him who sent, sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time or every taking every opportunity because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. The first thing that you needed to surrender to God is your time. Say, my time. Everybody has 24 hours in a day. I don't have more time than you do. You don't have more time than I do. You have to prioritize your time. Have you given God any time in your day? You've made a decision that this today, Sunday, you are prioritizing coming to the house of the Lord. You're giving time to sow into the Spirit, to obey the Bible, which says, do not neglect joining yourselves together, even as you see the day of the Lord approaching. You're coming to the house of the Lord to honor the Lord. You're taking the time to do it. But even at home, Monday through Saturday, you are to take time to honor God. Spend time reading your Bible. You got to know the word for yourself. You have to take time memorizing scripture. You got to hide God's word in your heart so that you do not sin against him. I can quote scripture to you all day, but in the moment when you're facing trial and when you're in temptation, do you have a word that you can stand on to resist the temptation coming against you? Worship should not be just something you do on a Sunday morning. You have to take time. Say time. God is looking for you to give Him your time. We make time for our kids. We make time for holidays. We make time for birthdays. But do we make time for the Lord? We take lots of time every day to scroll through social media. How about cutting social media out? Give social media the amount of time you give God right now and use your social media time. Let's do a flip. Say flip the script. If you open your iPhone and you go to your, your time, you'll see how much time you actually spend on your phone every day. And I guarantee it's, it's in the realm of two, three hours a day, minimum. So don't tell me you don't have time for God. You just haven't prioritized God in your time. I love you. The second thing that we need to give to the Lord is our talents. Say talents. Go to Matthew chapter 25. God is giving you talents. God is giving you abilities. God is giving you graces. God is giving you skills. Can you say amen? And he's given you those things so that you can produce wealth. But it's funny how we only use our talents, gifts, and abilities to produce wealth for ourselves, but we never bring those talents to the house so they can be used to further the kingdom of God. You see, when you work your 40 hours, you get paid a paycheck from man. But when you use what God has given you to serve in the kingdom, you get the favor of God. Total different pay package. You step into the supernatural provision of God. Matthew ch chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And this is the parable of the talents. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while they were gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it proportion to their abilities. See, God is going to give you resources according to your ability. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. 
But the servant who received the one bag of silver used his ability to dig a hole. He dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account for how they had used his money. The servant whom he entrusted with five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I earned two more. And the master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have got some interest on it. Man, I'm glad I'm not being rebuked by Jesus like this. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. I do not want to hear that. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So God has given you abilities. God has given you responsibility. God has given you resources. How are you using that resource? And what are you going to present to Jesus when you stand before him? Are you using your talents, your gifts, your abilities, and your resources to do things for God's kingdom? It's just a good question to ask yourself. We're preparing you for the day that you stand before God and you give an account for your life. And you want to stand before the Lord and be able to say, yes, God, we won souls. Yes, God, we fed the poor. Yes, God, we helped orphans. Yes, God, we clothed the naked. Yes, God, I used my talents, gifts, and abilities. We built an amazing church. We reached people. We discipled people. We're doing that together. The, re the reward doesn't just come to me and my wife. The reward comes to us for what we're doing in this city, for what we're doing around the world. You're partners with God. We're partnering together to do the work of God in the earth. Can you say amen? amen. Look at the person next to you and give them a high five. Say, we're on the same team. Amen. We're going to do great things for God. Say, I got to give God my time. I got to give God my talents. The next thing, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. 
Do not think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith God has given you. And so here, we're told that we need to give our bodies to God. God, Jesus is the head of the body. We are God's body in the earth. You are part of the body of Christ. God wants to use your hands, your feet, your mouth. God wants to use the resources in your hands, the talents, gifts, and abilities that He's given you. God wants to transform the way you think so you can come to know the will of God. That's why we have to keep our hearts clean and walk in relationship with Him. That's what we've been talking about. Come out of the world. Stop worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, you know, how you're going to survive. Get your focus on what God is doing. You see, when you focus on what God is doing in the earth and you get behind the work of God with your time, with your talents, you get involved with your hands working and serving. This is another practical way that we surrender our lives so that we can be used by God as servants of Christ. We used to serve sin. Now we're serving Christ. Can you say amen? So say, I've got to give him my temple. My time, my talents, my temple. Go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. It says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So the next thing that we need to honor God with is our wealth, our treasure. God is looking to His body to provide the resources to do the work. Can you say amen? The gold and the silver belong to the Lord. The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to the Lord. Everything in the earth belongs to God. We're renting right now. We have a lease. The lease is going to expire. The owner is coming back for his property. And he's going to check out what the renters have been doing while he's been away. How did you... How did you take care of what he put in your hands? Say, I came into the earth with nothing. I will leave this earth with nothing. They can put your gold, silver, Rolex in the coffin with you, but your spirit leaves, your Rolex ain't going with you. Can you say amen? I mean, if you, if you want to wear one, that's totally fine. I don't have a problem with that, but you're not taking any of your wealth with you. What counts is what you do for the kingdom. Amen. And we're going to be wealthy, blessed people, totally in overflow. The, the world is going to look to us, and they're going to say, how did you get so loaded? And you'd just be like, Jesus. My dad's a Jew. He's the original. He owns everything. And the last practical thing I want to give you that you can use to surrender how you should surrender Go to Psalm 119. So I've got to give God my time, my talents, my treasure, my temple. Psalm 119, verse 171. I mean, this is like a lot of numbers. To 172, probably the biggest um, zip code in the Bible. 119, 171, 72. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, 
for all your commands are righteous. Go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And it says, And then he told them, Jesus, Go into the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. And so here we see that the final thing that we need to surrender to God is our tongue, your language. What are you doing with your mouth? Are you using it to tell people about the good things God has done for you? Or do you use your mouth to be critical and complain about what you do not have? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. So God wants us to use our mouth to praise Him. God wants us to use our mouth to worship Him. God wants us to use our mouth to tell others about Him. This is another area where we need to surrender. We talk, about, we talk about everything, our children, our husbands, our vacations. We talk about the nice things we have. We talk about the things we want. We talk about everything that everybody did to us. But do we take time to tell others about Jesus? Do we take the time to share testimonies about what God has done in our lives? And if you're ashamed of Jesus, you won't talk about Him. And you know what? This world doesn't want you to talk about Him. This world wants to put a mask on your mouth and have you be quiet. Wants to shut your speech down. You can't say anything on social media now without being canceled. Don't you dare tell truth online. You will be shut down. And so there is a fight to silence you. And you need to make a decision that I will use my mouth to praise God. I will use my mouth to worship God. I will use my mouth to speak faith. I will use my mouth to declare things, to establish things. I will say what God tells me to say. Can you say amen? And I'm going to tell other people about the goodness of God. I will no longer be silent and I will not allow you to shut me up. And who is it that wants to shut you up? It is the devil that wants to shut your mouth. He wants to paralyze you with fear. He wants to get you so worried about your circumstances that all you focus on is trial, drama, problems. You should worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what's going to happen to me. Seek first the kingdom. Live righteously. Surrender your time, your talents, your treasure, your temple, your tongue. Get behind the vision. Do what you can to pour into other people. Make it your top priority to serve God, and God will add everything to your life. This is, it. this is it. This is how we live. You're not concerned about yourself. You think you have problems? Did you see what they were living in this morning on that video that I showed you? Did you see those people's faces? We think we have life hard. There's always somebody that has life worse than you. And if you will just get your eyes off you and get your eyes on blessing other people, you'll step into God's abundance and begin to tap into overflow. Can you say amen? So let's stand this morning as we close. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've given me time. You've given me talents. You've given me resources, treasure, 
You've given me a temple. And you've given me a tongue. And today, Lord, I choose to surrender. Now, right where you are, make a commitment to the Lord. I can have you repeat it after me. But from your heart, you need to make the decision that you're going to move forward in these areas. You're going to start taking steps to surrender more of your life so that God can work through you. You're His body. He can, he's not going to force Himself on you. You have to choose to lay down your life and allow Him to work through you. Some of you may be strong in one area, but weak in another. Can you say amen? And we're going to get better. Say this, say, Heavenly Father, I'm going to get better. I'm going to do more. And I thank you, God, that you're with me, you're leading me, guiding me, teaching me, showing me the things you want me to do. Father, I thank you today as we shift our focus from the things of the world, from the circumstances in our lives, and we get our eyes fixed on your word and on you, God. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that as our hearts shift, the world around us will shift. I thank you, Father, that those who are bound, their, their, their focus has been bound to situations and problems. The spirit of fear is holding them in bondage. I break fear now, and I command it to loose your mind, your will, and your emotions. You foul spirit of fear, go. I feel, I feel God's presence flowing right now. Father, everything in their minds that's taken their imagination captive, I thank you that that is being washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus right now. Right now. Loose the mind, the will, the emotions. Let it go now. Father, that strangling feeling like all hope and everything is being taken out of them, that unwinds now in the name of Jesus. Take a deep breath. Your hopes and dreams will not be crushed. The things that you're believing God for will come through. In the name of Jesus, I speak peace into your body now. Command all pain to leave you. Loose your foul spirit of infirmity. You have no rights on the children of God. Jesus became a curse and redeemed us from the curses of the law. Sickness and disease has no rights in your body. It has to leave you now. In Jesus' name. And I speak strength now, Father. I thank you that the Holy Ghost quickens every person's physical body now. Restoring and strengthening. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for your peace and your joy. They are gifts from heaven. Even the gift of righteousness, I see it being imparted to you today so that you can live right before God. Lift your hands. There it is. It's a gift being imparted to you. It's the ability to live for God, to live right before God. I thank you for that empowering now, Father, being imparted into your people in Jesus' name. Lift your hands, lift your hands. 
It's being deposited in your spirit right now. In Jesus' name. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me.